G'day, la- isolated ladies and gents. It's the big fella here, and welcome to Lockdown Series on Life of Mine, where each day Matt and I are going to release a short episode about something random that isn't about coronavirus. We know a lot of people are at home, bored out of their brains, so we want to entertain you and help get us all through through this crazy time. Radio. for this episode we're going to reveal Matt's top five greatest Australian sporting moments. There's some spine tinglers in here, that's for sure, so let's get into it. Welcome to the next instalment of the lockdown series and today to keep you from going insane at home I'm bringing to you my five greatest Australian sporting moments now I didn't I avoided putting any state of origin moments in or anything like that since they're not just Australian I'm thinking it's international international events achievements from Australian so let's get into it I reckon first up Top five. Now, we'll obviously start at number five. Bit stupid to start at number one. Now, number five. We're going back to 1996, the Atlanta Olympics. Now, this is when Australia had a good bloody stranglehold on swimming. We're pretty fucking shit now. But buddy, back then, we've got the 1,500 metres, the most boring race in swimming, essentially. Long, but... Back then, that was our that was a bit of our bread and butter. Now, the man I'm talking about, Kieran Perkins. Now, Kieran Perkins, he, he was going through a bit of a rough patch leading up to this. He was he was swimming 40 seconds outside of his best time. He, he struggled to make the Australian team. He, Daniel Kowalski, who was his rival, he was considered the favourite. So, and Perko, he's, he's only made the final by 0.24 of a second. So, he's gone into the final. He's racing out of lane eight. The whole country's bloody written him off. He was apparently suffering from stomach cramps in the lead up, and that was inhibiting his turns. He, and as I said, he was about 40 seconds outside his greatest time. So reports were Perko's got up to the blocks. He's in lane eight, and he said, I'm in lane eight. It's the same water as the rest of the pool. Just get in there and fucking do it. I don't know if he said that last bit, but I'm assuming – that that's what he said. And anyway, he's fired out of the blocks. Kowalski, he's in at lane four. He's the favourite. He's fired out of the blocks and he's led from the start and they're all thinking he's just going out hard and they're thinking Kowalski's going to catch him and he just keeps fucking going and he absolutely smashed him. Led start to finish. Swum a a sub 15-minute time, which was bloody pretty good back then. The whole country wrote him off. A true Aussie hero. Let's have a quick listen to the finish. Back with 50. One of the great swims of all time. Kieran Perkins, forget the time. This is all about courage. You are seeing the best of the best. You are a superstar, Kieran Perkins. Save of the moment, Australia. And look at Kowalski coming for the silver. Kowalski coming after Smith will bring Perkins in. About 15 metres to swim. This is where goal. The best kind of goal. Perkins goes in first. What a great win. Righto. There you go. Good on you, Perko. A true Aussie legend. Now, next up, 
number four. Oh, there was a few. There was a few hat tricks to choose from in cricketing history, but I don't think any can go past Warnies back in two thousand and four at the MCG, December twenty ninth, and it was actually David Boone's birthday, who features at the end of this legendary moment. Now, this is it was a tie up between Warnies hat trick and the Gadding ball, but I've I've chosen Warnies hat trick now. Let's set the scene. Warney was wicketless so far for the in the innings, and bloody the Poms were Poms were six for ninety one, and they were bloody. I think they were they were fucked for the whole series anyway. So, as I said, the the scene you've got the late and great Tony Gregg commentating alongside Ian Chapel. Tony Gregg, what an absolute legend! Now, the first wicket. Phil DeFreitas. Now, by the way, six for 91. He's got the tail end in, which would have been significantly helping his cause. Phil DeFreitas. So he's ripped a top spinner in. Plum LBW. Second wicket. Darren Goff comes out. All bowlers. They're all shit batsmen. Warney's ripped in a leg break. He's gone searching. He's edged one straight to heels at wicketkeeper. Great catch by heels, as always. Now, he's on a hat trick. Now, who better to get to the crease? than Devon Malcolm, whose average was uh, 6.25. Fucking useless. Absolutely useless. Warney strolls in. He's re- even even Chappelle called it. He said he's probably going to rip a top spinner in to this. And anyway, so Warney's ripped in a top spinner into Malcolm. He's bobbed it up into the air. And a flying, agile, athletic 50VB David Boone reaches out for a one-handed screamer to give Warney his hat trick. Let's have a listen to the actual moment. It wouldn't be a bad idea, I don't think, just to push one back in the outfield a little bit because uh, he may just have a lash at this. Top spinner, if I was Shane Warne. Nothing that spins because it'll. I don't think he'll nick it. The top spinner uh, that stays straight is likely to get the LBW or the bowl. leg slip going in which is a good idea and that probably suggests that he is going to bowl a top spinner because the if the batsman's looking for a leg break and it's a top spinner it quite often catches the inside edge and flies to leg gully five men plus the keeper around the batsman there we go fleming took the last one merv used before him You won't see many better catches at forward short leg than that one. The Aussies are all around, and have a look at that. Fleming alongside Warm there, the last two. How bloody good was that? I don't think Booney's ever moved like that in his life again, and what a good birthday present for him. Good on you, Booney. Now, number three. Now, this is, not everyone follows this sport, but this is, I was right into this at the time. Me and me mate, uh, me mate shout out to Lockie Wenham, who uh, has watched these all of these moments on YouTube with me repetitively while we've been pissed. 2011, Tour de France, Cadell Evans. Now, no Australian has ever won a Tour de France, and, and possibly no one, no one's ever won the Tour de France that hasn't been on drugs prior to that. No, that's a bit, that's a bit harsh. But Cadell Evans, he was a adamant anti-drug person. So was Lance Armstrong until he got caught the fuck with. But uh, and Cadell, he was thirty-four. He was actually the oldest post World War Two winner of the bloody of the Tour de France. You imagine being thirty-four and trying to ride for 
20 days across bloody France. Oh, 21, I think it is. Anyway, you can just see whenever Cadell Evans rode, just the grind and the determination in his face. He's just he's riding through absolute pain. And he's just a he's just a true fighter. So he's in 2011, his main competition was uh, Andy Schleck. So he was from uh, Luxembourg, pretty sure. And anyway, the pivotal moment in this tour, so Schleck, he's, he's a young gun, flat stick, good in the hills, probably a bit lighter than Cadell. The pivotal moment in this tour was stage 18. And this is where Andy Schleck made a breakaway, and he had a massive lead on the race, but uh, the way the Tour de France works, it's all – accumulated time so he was going to get a massive lead over Cadell Evans in, in this breakaway and he needed a massive lead because stage 20 is the individual time trial and and Schleck is a mountains man he, so he's shit at individual time trial so he needed as big a lead of a uh, bigger lead as possible over Cadell going into that so from memory Schleck had about a he had about a three or four minute lead over Cadell in this race, and on the final climb, Cadell's pretty much took on this mountain in a headwind. He's got every bastard behind him, and he's literally pulled the whole fucking peloton up this bloody mountain, and he's clawed the lead back to Schleck to about two minutes in that race. And you could just see the mongrel in his face and determination, just an absolute, absolute fighter, and. Going into the second last stage, the time the the individual time trial, which again Schleck is shit at. Cadell trailed Schleck by fifty seven seconds to go in, so he had to pick up a minute on him. And Cadell's just come out of this individual time trial and fucking smoked him. He got second in the time trial overall and beat Schleck by two and a half minutes. And I remember him at stage he was bunny hopping over bloody speed humps and he has just absolutely smashed him. Let's let's have a listen to the to when he when he actually won the tour. Here he comes, swinging into the home straight. And as he lines up for that home straight finish now, this is the winning ride of the Tour de France. Bet your boots on it as Cadell Evans of Australia makes history today. Look at the crowd and there's thousands of Australians here. Let me remind you, as he grits his teeth and pulls for Australia, Cadell Evans cannot be beaten now. He is over a minute to the good. He has absolutely slaughtered his opposition in just 42 and a half kilometers. Of racing. His time is 55.40. It's second best on the day. He shrugs his shoulder, but he's won the Tour de France. Well, that's not the important thing. Oh, good on you, Cadell. Just a bloody good Aussie fighting hero. Now, oh, we're getting into fucking spine tingling stuff now. Oh, this is getting me bloody. This is getting me going. I haven't even started now. Let's go back to 2005. 2005, November, the first Tuesday of November, the Melbourne Cup, Maccabi Diva, the great mare, three Melbourne Cups in a row. Oh, So she's already won 2003, 2004. She's carrying about 58 kilos going into this race. I think it was the, the second heaviest weight to ever win a Melbourne Cup. So she's the three buck fifty favourite, but as you know, no one's ever won three Melbourne Cups in a row. Just, just out of out of out of this world. And so you got Glenn Boss on board as the jockey, the great Greg Miles call on the race, 
Maccabi do. She she started from Barrier Fourteen midway over. What is that? I think it's about twenty six horses in the Melbourne Cup. She's made it all the way over to the rails to cruise cruise around near to the middle back of the field. Oh, mate, have a listen to after the final turn. This is the moment. Jesus Christ, that gives me bloody shivers. That is a, just a great moment. What a what a call by Milesy. And Lee Friedman, the trainer, announced straight afterwards that's the Maccabi Diva would be retiring from racing. Just an absolute legend, a legend of a horse. I don't know. I think I had money on something else probably, but uh, just a bloody great moment. As I said, spine tingling. But right, if you want to talk about fucking spine tingling, this is the number one. This no, no one can even question this. This is this didn't even uh, no other moment come to come to mind for my number one. Sydney two thousand Olympics. We're back to swimming. The men's four by one hundred freestyle relay. Oh, you got four blokes. You got Michael Klim on the lead out, the the Chrome Dome, the just the good Aussie legend, Chris Feidler, Ashley Callis. No one really fucking knows them, but the anchor, the golden child, the Thorpedo, Ian Thorpe. So in the lead up, this is what made this so fucking good. Was in the lead up. So you got the main cocky bastard from USA, who was the main. They're the main competitor team. Gary Hall Jr., bloody knobhead, put up a blog post saying that. My biased opinion says that we'll smash them like guitars. What a wanker. Anyway, so this is this is a bit of motivation for the Aussie team. And let's set the scene. Four by 100. Bloody two laps each. Four blokes. Michael Klim is the lead out. Have a listen to this, what's happened on the first lap. 3-3, Michael Klim is going for it. You want a message? Here's one. Michael Klim still in front. The margin half a body length, the Americans back in second place. Urban would be second. Coming on, Italy would be third. But look at Michael Klim powering down to the wall. Chris Feidler in next for the Australians. Check that time, 48-1-8. Michael Klim has just broken the world record. 48.18. The world record is 48.21. What a magnificent start for the Australians. Feel that buzz. That is bloody insane. Breaks the individual world records. Obviously not the relay world record. So within the relay, he's broken the individual 100-metre world record. He's just he's just smoking. You could have fried an egg on the top of that bloody chrome dome after he did that. So Americans are on the back foot straight away. So couldn't have got the Aussies off to a better start. But then the, the next two swimmers were Chris Feidler and Ashley Callis, the nobodies. And then the next two, they were pretty tit for tat between the Aussie and the Yanks. But the final leg... Between Thorpe and old knobhead himself, Gary Hall Jr. I think Australia had about a, a stroke, well, probably half a stroke leading into that final leg. But 
Thorpey, he was a 200 to 400 metre specialist, whereas old old Gary All, he was 50 metres to 100 metres. So the 4 by 100 is right up his right up his alley. Thorpey probably hasn't got the acceleration, but have a fucking listen to this. They go, Ian Thorpe, listen to that roar. This should be something. Gary Hall Jr., the extrovert, and Ian Thorpe battling it out down the pool. Narrow margin for the Australians, but look at Hall start the motor. Well, we know that Ian Thorpe is not going to go out as fast as Gary Hall, but he's got to come over the top of him if he's going to win this race. Around they go for the final 50. Hall is in front. What can the champ muster? A gold medalist earlier tonight. Now he's digging deep. The crowd is roaring. Their hero is coming on. Will it be a fairy tale? Thorpe is coming out off the hall. They're matching strikes now. Thorpe on terms with Hall. They've got about 15 metres to swim. Thorpe is overhauling him. Hall and Thorpe. Thorpe's in front. Thorpe and Hall. Thorpe goes in. Australia win. New world record! We have just, the Australians have just broken the American stranglehold on this race. The roof is lifting off Oh, this mate, isn't that spine tingling? Go and watch that. As soon as you finish this, go and bloody watch this on the internet somewhere. But Aussies have broken the world record for the relay, but the biggest thing with the, the, the lead up and the Americans, this was their event. In Sydney, the whole bloody roof's nearly lifting off with the Aussies, Aussie crowd getting in. It just absolutely amazing. Just unbelievable. Unbelievable. Great, great moment. Oh, Jesus Christ, I'm getting a bloody, getting one of them things. But uh, look, a couple of notable mentions that nearly made it in. Oh, I, was, I was a bit, I was umming and ahhing. Or, or one big one was Michael Bevan hitting a four off the last ball against West Indies. I think it was at the SCG in a one day, back when, like, you didn't have 2020s or anything. One day, as they were, they were the shit. Uh, so that was that was one. There's, there's the America's Cup. That was a bit before my my time, my generation. So, oh, that's I didn't include that. I know that's one of the big Australian moments. Oh, like Peter, if you look up Peter Siddle's hat trick, uh, that was intense because that bloke just put bloody everything into everything into cricket and the how pumped up he was when he got his hat trick. That, that was another good one. Obviously, any any New South Wales victory in the state of origin, but we tried to keep it international. So there you go. There's your there's another instalment of the lockdown series for you. Zapies are all staying inside, not going too nuts. All right.